0: So screens and and technology, these devices that use screens, when they're not used correctly, they can have negative impacts. When they're used correctly, they can be very helpful. You know, the reality is we are in a time where screens are a part of our daily experience.
1: Mm -hmm. I think it's really funny and a little bit ironic that as we're having this podcast right now, our kids are downstairs watching a movie (laughs) to be entertained.
0: yeah so <laughs> <laughs> so this is the this is the most hypocritical episode ever
1: <laughs> no
0: hey Rachel hey Ben What's going on?
1: Oh, you know, same old.
0: Yeah. How are you feeling today?
1: I'm feeling okay.
0: Yeah. Hey, I'm going to read something Scotty just posted in the chat room <laughs> for you. Because I, I know you're, I mean, you're probably generally okay, but I know you're not feeling okay right this minute because of what we just talked about. He posted haters as an acronym, having anger towards Everyone reaching success. People don't like it when people are successful, certain people. Yep. And the only weapon they have you know, is the internet. This guy's <laughs> probably sitting in his underwear in a dark room eating Cheetos and typing hateful comments on his computer. Yeah. That's the, that's the extent of the value he's providing. So anyways, that's that's all I have to say about that. All right. All right. Well, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good actually. So balance each other out. It's all right. Do you need to take a moment? No. You're good. Okay. This, uh, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and bring in some context for our listeners. That's not fair. So you're a writer. Yeah. And you share stuff on your own personal blog, but you also pitch some of your stories to uh, different uh, blog outlets and that kind of thing yeah and you recently had a story on the on Huffington Post yeah in the religion section mm-hmm. and and really anytime you've had something post in The Huffington Post or you know Yahoo or whatever, people comment some people agree with what you're saying. They really like it. Some people use it as a platform to talk about their beliefs and why they disagree. And and so today, you happen to be reading the comments, which I recommend you don't do.
1: Yeah, I probably should never do it anyway. No.
0: But there was, there was one in particular that felt a little bit personal. Yeah. So those are the worst. It's not... when. When it's just ridiculousness, it's like, oh wow, that's yeah, so ridiculous. Yeah, like you can
1: totally, whatever, dude.
0: Yeah, whatever. But when it when it feels personal and it almost feels like they could have a point, yeah, and it and it makes you question your own, you know, self worth and that kind of thing. That's that's when it's difficult. Yeah. So I need seven people in the chat room right now <laughs> no. <laughs> to tell Rachel she's awesome and she should keep writing and not worry about the haters. You're silly. That's, what, that's why the community is there. Yeah. It's a source of encouragement.
1: Well, I'll keep doing it even if nobody reads, but...
0: That's the attitude. Mm-hmm. You keep showing up. Look at that. Look at all the love.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're silly. All right. All right, then. Thanks, guys.
0: You guys are awesome. All right. So today we're talking about... But this is, this is the question. I used, I used a question for the topic. This is a little bit clickbaity, I'm going to admit. But the question is, are screens going to melt my kid's brain? Mm-hmm. So it's the, the love is still coming in.
1: <laughs> ben.
0: Are screens going to melt my kid's brain? Uh, so before we get into answering the question and talking about this, this is kind of a touchy subject. For some, for others, not so much. I would categorize it in the things that we as parents don't really like to hear advice from other parents about. You know, like like you can, you can talk to me about stuff, but just don't talk to me about that. Mind your own business. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully if you're listening to this episode, we are not that voice for you, but you're just interested in hearing what we have to say. Yeah. And I, I think that you'll find listening to this episode, that we have kind of an interesting take. Mm -hmm. So we'll see as we get into it. Before we get into it, I wanted to talk a little bit about our own personal experiences when we were growing up, what our relationship with screens was. And I'll, I'll go ahead and start out. Okay. When I was growing up, we had probably a good three to four hours of television when I was a kid, Uh, a programmed cartoons and stuff that we could watch each day. And it it was kind of, sometimes we would sit down and watch and sometimes we would decide to go outside and it felt really interchangeable. It was like, Oh, this is just another activity. Yeah. When we got a video game system for the first time, it was, it was an Atari Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and and I had the the game pitfall
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and I, I still don't remember I may be wrong, but I still don't remember spending a whole lot of time playing video games. It felt pretty well balanced. I had a lot of outdoor playtime, playing with friends in the neighborhood.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, one thing I remember, though, is I remember the uh, on Fridays, we had, it was called TGIF, and it was six or seven Disney shows, cartoons, including... None other than Darkwing Duck. Mm. Such a good show. <laughs> Chippendale, Rescue Rangers, all of that good stuff. I
1: remember those.
0: It's not like it was in the old days. Yeah. So as I um, and when I was about 14, uh, my parents divorced when I was young. So when I was about 14, I decided to move in with my dad. And it was, it was a very similar kind of thing. I didn't spend a whole lot of time watching TV. Um I spent most of my time hanging out with friends and and doing stuff out but it it felt pretty balanced. Um but it was it was definitely always a presence in our home. It was something that you know was just there. So what about you?
1: Well, I grew up the daughter of a librarian. So rather than television, we were encouraged to do books. So I don't know. I don't ever remember having like, I mean, I I grew up poor too. Like my parents divorced when I was 11 and my mom was responsible for taking care of the three of us. And we never really had like enough money to have cable and stuff like that. And, you know, back then, like they had a station, wasn't there a station that had cartoons and stuff? I don't even remember. That wasn't a part of cable. It wasn't like cable now where, yeah. You know? Well, there
0: there wasn't necessarily—I mean, not that I can remember—a specifically cartoon, but PBS, the the public yeah, broadcast system, yeah. had um, like educational shows. cartoons yeah. on most of the time during the earlier part of the day, and and I think later in the day it got into stuff like Bob Ross painting and
1: yeah. Kind of so I didn't I didn't really spend a whole lot of time with television. I was usually like out in a hammock reading. So yeah. I don't remember. I mean, there's, there's one show I remember, Thundercats. I really enjoyed that one. Oh, oh and then yeah. And then when my parents were still married, I remember sitting on my dad's lap while he watched Nightmare on Elm Street.
0: Oh, man.
1: And we lived, like, out in the country, and I would dream about Freddy Krueger's nails scraping against the window. Oh, gosh. It was so terrifying.
0: So our kids are um... – our oldest was seven at the time, I think, and they were spending time with my brother. Uh, and and Jake, if you're listening, I love you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but he and he didn't know. Like we didn't have a conversation about this. I just assumed that he would know not to show, you know, seven-year-old and younger kids the movie Ghostbusters. I mean, <laughs> that opening scene in the library is enough to give kids nightmares for years.
1: I only vaguely remember the movie. Wasn't that the one with the like the huge marshmallow man and stuff? Yeah. It was pretty pretty scary as well, a
0: kid. some of it some of it is fun and cute, but some of it like the dogs, the hell dogs, super scary. <laughs> so, maybe we should do an episode one of these days about
1: <laughs> what not to show your children.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like,
1: Age appropriate movies. Like
0: parents <laughs> Go tell your friends and, and your family who are listening, you know, who are watching your kids listen to this podcast.
1: Well, but when we, I don't know if you were going to tell this part of it, but when they came back from your brother's house, they refused to use the bathroom without someone being with them. Yeah. I guess because there's a scene in the movie where the toilet, like.
0: I don't, I don't remember. You know, there is a movie though. Look who, it's, it, it's a random movie. It's not like a horror movie or anything. But there's this one scene where the toilet becomes this talking monster. And it's trying, you know, like the movie is conveying that the kid is afraid of the toilet. And just kind of, actually, I, I really like that scene for that reason. Because sometimes kids, things that are scary to kids in their imagination, and their world, oh, yeah. it really does seem kind of like this, you know, much bigger, scarier thing than we perceive it to be anyways. Yeah. Don't, don't show that movie to kids either. Yep. So I, I don't want to focus this conversation about screens. Here's, and here's kind of where we went. So I, I feel like both of us growing up didn't really hear the message of screens are bad. And I would say that because of the way that you were encouraged, you probably spent less time on a screen, watching a screen than I did. Yeah. We also grew up in a time where really the only screen available was the television.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah.
0: And, you know, in later years, the, the PC, but it was.
1: But it was just used for like word processing stuff. Like it wasn't,
0: you know, yeah.
1: it wasn't the thing of computers today.
0: Right. So it, it's a very different environment today. So I felt like I had a very balanced relationship with screens. In in part, probably because of the limited access to different forms of media and that kind of thing, but I feel like we as parents got to this place where we the the message that we were believing and sharing was just screens are bad, mm-hmm. and I I think some parents tend to go there because you know there's new research about the effect of screens on children and their development and that kind of thing.
1: Well, um, let me just interrupt here real quick. The yeah. American Academy of Pediatrics recommends that children two and younger.
0: Yeah, yeah. Actually, well, we're gonna oh, okay. we're gonna get into that. Yeah. So, because there there are some things that we should be aware of, but I don't want it to become one of those things for us as parents where we are scared into this false relationship with screens mm-hmm. because of information that we're seeing. You know, it's like the boundary should be over there, but we're going to put the fence even closer because we don't even want to get near Close that boundary. boundary.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, it's, it's kind of funny. What we're, what we're getting get into is, is going to border along the law, the rule versus the spirit of the rule. You know, okay. there's, there's going to kind of be this approach to it. So I just wanted to prepare you for that.
1: Okay. And I just want to say, too, that I have kind of a love hate relationship with screens and children. Yeah. Like, like the, the relationship between screens and children, because I feel like we're the first parenting generation growing up in this whole world of there's a screen everywhere, you know, like they use iPads in the school Yeah, instead of computers and stuff. My kindergartner plays games in kindergarten with an iPad. Right, And that, you know, it's just, it's, so crazily different than what it used to be.
0: Have I told the story yet about a time when a game, a video game saved our life?
1: Probably not on this show, Mm -hmm. but
0: (laughs) I'll say I'll save that for later. I'll tell it later. Cause I don't know. It might. Okay. So here's some things to keep in mind and don't just take my word for it. Go and do your own research. I mean, if you, if you trust me, Go ahead and take my word for it. but I want to encourage you to do your own research and, and find the same things that we've found
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, regarding these studies of, of child development and screens. So between when a child is born and the age of two, there's a lot of stuff that's happening developmentally in their brain.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And too much exposure to screens during that developmental time changes a lot of the processes. And it can cause adverse effects in their ability to learn, their ability to control their emotions, those kind of their impulse control. um, Later on down the road, you you think about this is really helpful to me. So you think about a a baby's relationship with the world. Mm -hmm. Everything is everything is all senses. They what they see, what they hear, what they touch, what they smell, what they taste. Everything's connected. That's why they put stuff in their mouth all the time. Yeah. And and so all of these tactile experiences are, are the ways that they learn. And so there's a big difference between when let's say you as the parent, you're holding a ball and you throw the ball and they see the ball come out of your hand and they follow it with their eyes and they see it roll and they see it slow down and they see it moving further away from them. There's a ton of stuff that's happening there. They're learning about, distance and they're learning about how close and far away something is. They're learning about gravity. They're learning about the way things move and and function when they're, when they're watching the same thing happen on a television screen. Mm-hmm. And especially if they're, you know, they're using multiple camera angles. So you see the hand throw the ball and then the hand disappears. where did the hand go? And then you see the ball again, but the person is standing way over there now when they were just, you know, it, you, you see how disorienting that is. Yeah. So, Anyways, all, all of that to say, um, two and younger really limit, and, and not just limit, but try to avoid as much as possible any exposure to screens.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's just going to mess with their development during that time. Beyond that, no more than two hours a day is what most pediatricians recommend. Now, yeah. we, we tend, our, our family tends to go even shorter than that, if mm-hmm. at all.
1: Yeah, and I do want to say something real quick here too, because with our firstborn, um, so I just want to I want to give some hope to the parents who maybe have already let their two year olds and st- or their their younger than two year olds watch TV. Our firstborn, I mean, we had the Noggin channel back then, or whatever it's called now, Nick Jr. I guess. Yeah, and he would. You know, sit and watch that. He would watch baby Einstein. he would watch um we had this program called "Your Baby Can Read" because I was intent on getting him to read quickly and i I did it all in the name of education, thinking that oh, this is how he'll be educated. you know it's all like educational, it'll help him blah blah blah. Well, then, when our second son was born, we didn't do any of that. He learned to read and write and all of those things at the same exact time as the child who would watch those things. So I I feel like a lot of times, like the marketing can, um, can make parents feel like, oh my gosh, I have to do this for my infant, this baby Einstein video, or else he's not going to be smart and stuff like like that. That's what they, uh, that's what they prey on almost, you know? Yeah. And so I just, I want to, set us free from that. We don't have to put our kids in front of those things in order to ensure that they're smart because they're going to be smart anyway.
0: Yeah. And, and so I don't, I don't want to say these things as a way of imposing, like, so you should do it this way, but understand that there is research out there. They've, they've tested these things and don't just ignore that data.
1: Yeah. I mean, at the same time, if, you know, if you've already done this with your child, it's never too late to stop.
0: Yeah. So now I, I also don't want to say, I, I don't want to be on the side of the argument saying screens are bad. Mm-hmm. I'm also not on the side of the argument of saying screens are good. It's, it's really a neutral thing. It's how it's used. And yeah. Some people argue, well, it's, you know, th- th- and these are kind of the extremists. It's unnatural, but we rely in in this modern age, we rely on a lot of things that are "quote unquote" unnatural. Electricity that gives us light is not natural. Plumbing, yeah, that brings water. Modern transportation. All of these things are technologies that have developed to make life easier. When they're misused, mm-hmm. obviously there there are consequences to that. So screens and and technology, these devices that use screens. When they're not used correctly, they can have negative impacts. When they're used correctly, they can be very helpful. You know, the reality is we are in a time where screens are a part of our daily experience.
1: Mm -hmm. I think it's really funny and a little bit ironic that as we're having this podcast right now, our kids are downstairs watching a movie (laughs) to be entertained.
0: Yeah, so... (laughs) So this is the, this is the most hypocritical episode ever.
1: <laughs> no, we don't, we don't often do it. We don't actually have cable or anything like that. So, Well,
0: and, and our goal, yeah, we have Netflix.
1: Pick, yeah. your,
0: pick your poison. That's true. We, our goal, our goal is to get away from that eventually. So, um, I don't, I don't need to make a disclaimer there though. So screens are a part of our daily lives. And they were they will continue to be a part of our daily lives in an increasing way, um, especially for our children and so just coming to grips with that reality, I think helps us to move to the more important conversation and and this is where I want the conversation to center around what are our values and This goes all the way back to episode one you know it's really this isn't a question about the Screen itself. It's not. It's not a conversation about that. It's really a conversation about values.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What values do you have, and how do those values influence the way that you use screens? So, the two things that I want to kind of hold up and and help us to to talk about are consumer versus creator. So, I, I actually had coffee with Sean of the Sean West podcast. Mm -hmm. And he and I, uh, we, we try to get together every other week. It's been a while. He's been pretty busy. I've been pretty busy too, Mm -hmm. but we had a, we had a great meeting and I told him what we were talking about today. And uh, something he told me really got my wheels turning and really shaped the direction the show is going to take. He, he held up his phone and he said, you know, these are kind of, his iPhone he said these are kind of made for consuming you know and and i thought about that and i said yeah you know really it's designed and and the apps and the programs that it uses are designed to help us consume more efficiently in a lot of ways now that's not the that's not the only thing they're used for certainly there are apps that allow you to learn and create but for the most part it is a consumption device. And,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and a lot of that is driven by the demand. You know, people like consuming information.
1: Mm-hmm. They
0: like consuming television. Otherwise, you know, why would cable exist? Why would Netflix exist? So now consumption isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's good to consume information. It's good to learn things. It's good to be entertained. But This, the time that you spend on those things comes at the cost of the time that you could be spending creating things and making things. Mm -hmm. And and so the value that we have that I, that I feel like really plays a part in our relationship with screens is that we see ourselves as creative people.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: We want to produce things that add value and beauty in the world. And the fulfillment that we get out of that, consuming things can be fulfilling. When you watch a movie and it was very well produced and the acting was really great. Like, yeah, you know, what was that
1: it, one we saw with uh, Robert Downey Jr.? Oh, The Judge? Oh my gosh. That one still sticks with me. Like, it's been so long. Such a beautiful movie.
0: Yeah, anyway, so sorry. So there, <laughs> there, you can get some fulfillment out of consuming things. It can and it can make your life better. When you create things, there's a different kind of fulfillment, and I would say a more powerful, longer-lasting fulfillment that comes from that, mm-hmm. because you're seeing something that you've created go out into the world and add beauty to people's lives. Sometimes you you don't always get to see that. You know, sometimes there's not always some feedback mechanism that allows you to see the impact that that thing is making.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But but just knowing. I've, I've made something and, and I put it out there and I shared it with people. That's a very, that's a very fulfilling thing. And so that value, if, we're, if we're, we're purposeful about it, that value can drive our relationship with screens in a way that makes it to where we don't have to put these really strict rules around how much time kids are allowed to use screens and and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Now we do want to be careful about when our children are developmentally ready to handle the time with screens. But what I'd rather do is speak to their values now. Yeah. So that when it comes time for them to be able to use screens more often, their tendency is to use them for creating things for making mm-hmm. things. Yeah. So this is this is kind of a different approach. What do you think about that?
1: I think it's a a good kind of middle of the road thing because I mean, I tend to take the the extreme. Like I don't want our kids to have any kind of screens, any access to screens. When I heard that they were using iPads in kindergarten, I was just like, "Oh my gosh, no." Yeah. And I think you balance me out a little bit because these things can be used for creativity. I mean, I work on a computer for five hours a day just writing, you know? Yeah. If I didn't have that computer and I just wrote, I mean, I just started writing by computer instead of by hand.
0: Yeah, I was, I was going to say you recently made yeah. this shift. I think you should talk about this because, well, and, and I don't, oh, I'll, let, I'll let you go ahead. Okay.
1: So yeah, I just recently started writing everything by computer instead of by hand. And it probably saves me. Let's see. I can now what was
0: your what was your fear in making that switch initially? Why why did you stick so long with writing on paper versus just writing Uh, on
1: I think because my brain works really fast and when the hand has to keep up it it doesn't have as much time to correct as I'm going. So I'm not like self-editing. I'm not doing anything like that. Um, and my, I, I type super fast because I was a journalist and I used yeah. to take notes when people were talking and all of that. Um, but, I, but I found that, you know, you can train yourself to do these things. And so whenever I would write my hand for an hour and a half, I'd probably get about 3,000 words. And uh, when I moved to the computer, that was double, doubled in the same hour and a half stretch. And then I didn't have the time to transcribe it all, which took another probably hour and a half to just transcribe the amount of stuff I had written in an hour. Yeah. And so, you know, thinking of all of that time saved is just enough for me to be okay with my kids creating on a screen, you know, because, I mean, our our eight-year-old already, he has so many books around the house. He draws comic books and those kinds of things, but... Th- to think that he could create those just c- more quickly and maybe even more efficiently sometimes yeah. on a computer. I mean, I don't, I don't know and anything about design stuff. So, so there's
0: a beautiful relationship there too between physical creation and digital creation. Mm-hmm. A, lot of, a lot of times artists will start out with the physical side of things. And, and even though now you're focusing more on writing on the computer, you start your day
1: Yeah, writing by hand in your journal, and so Mm -hmm.
0: I've and and I feel like that that act of of physically writing something it does something in your mind that allows you to experience more creativity when you bring it to digital. Mm -hmm. So I I do want to when I see that with the kids, that's something that I want to encourage. Oh yeah,
1: definitely. And Um, it's like a keepsake. I mean, I'm going to keep all of those books that are in his original eight year old handwriting. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty it's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. But I love the idea of them understanding the tools that they're working with on the computer and being able to take something that is in their imagination and see it come to life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they can do some of that by hand. And, and depending on what it is they're imagining, what they want to see come to life, they may need the computer, the, the digital component, in order mm-hmm. to make that possible. And so when we think about it this way, Really the the argument isn't about the screen. It's it's just about okay, what are what are we gonna create and what are the tools that you need to do that?
1: Yeah. Uh on the other side, you know, playing the devil's advocate here. Sure. We have seen the addictive part of screens too. I, I think we've seen it even in our own lives with a phone that has social media on it and it has our email and it has, you know, all of these these games and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, Not that we, you know, we play very many games and my Facebook app just stopped working. And so I just never like fixed it. (laughs) And I I feel so much better because of it.
0: I have a a friend who uh, I just saw a post on Instagram. He deleted all of the social media apps from From his his phone.
1: phone. Yeah. So, so I think there's also a potential for that to become very addicting. And I think we saw something like that the other night when you were doing something with our six-year-old Asa. Um, I think, were you guys just designing on the computer?
0: Yeah. And he got upset. That was, that had more to do with him wanting to be able to finish it. Yeah. So there was a great lesson there. He, we were, um, he, he was wanting me to sit down and I've done this a couple of times with them during our one-on-one time where I'll sit down at the computer and they'll kind of tell me what they want. And, and I'll make it for them. And this time I had him sit down and, and I just coached him Mm -hmm. while he was, he was working in Photoshop and he was trying to make a a Lego ninja or something like that. Yeah. And, and, and that was a lot of fun. I was showing him, I was telling him what each of the tools were and how to create layers and, and just taking him through some of the basics. Yeah. And our time was up before he was able to finish making it and he got upset about that. And so I, once he had calmed down, I told him, you know, do you remember that video? I I showed him the video of a time lapse that I made of an art piece that I did a couple of years ago
1: Mm -hmm.
0: or I I guess it was a year ago. Yeah. And he, he said, yeah, I remember that. And I, and I said, well, did you know that that took daddy a really long time to make and I didn't do it all at once. And he said, no. And so I explained to him how, you know, I would just work on it a little bit and then I would run out of time and I would just have to leave it there. Yep. I would come back and I'd work on it a little bit more. And, and I, I love the lesson of that in, in this, you know, the pacing. Sometimes we're so eager to see what we see in our head come to life that we try to shortcut it and we, and we don't give ourselves the amount of time that we need. But Mm -hmm. really, I, I think the great artists are the ones who have learned to be patient with that process. Yeah. Not seeing something happen instantly. And I also don't want, I don't want the ease of use when it comes to using digital things to create things, to send this false message that, Oh, now you can shortcut the process and you can make something more quickly. Right. Um, Right. Take your time. Yeah. Let it, the, the way, your brain works is you kind of need to let the inspiration marinate a little bit. You need to do some work on it and then leave it and come back to it later. And you know, with a fresh perspective and that's what, that's what helps make your art more beautiful and meaningful and great.
1: Now I would say too, I know that you do one-on-one time quite a bit with the boys like on the computer and stuff like that. And I am, I, I try to, do different things with them. And I'm kind of a snob when it comes to this, I guess, because I feel like when I'm sharing a screen with my child, I'm not really sharing him or sharing the experience with him because screens can be so addicting to kids. And so I I always try to do something a little different with them.
0: Yeah. And it would, I, I would prefer to have some separate time set aside for learning and teaching screen stuff than our personal one-on-one time. So that is, that is something that I'd like to protect. I've just, I just happen to have been using that. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that we don't think about, and, and this is something that I struggle with a lot is when we do share something that we've created, you know, I get, I get a big boost out of feedback and with social media. Now you've got this mechanism where you can get a thumbs up and you can get a heart and you can get likes and, and all of these little things. And sometimes people will leave comments or or whatever. And, and that in and of itself can become a form of addiction that, that instant feedback. And used to be that you would make something, you'd put it out there and you might be able to experience it in person with other people. And they could tell you face to face, you know, Oh, I like that a lot. Or, Maybe you put it out there and you never heard from anybody that just the fulfillment of having created something is enough. Yeah. And so that's another piece of the value that I really want to pass on Mm -hmm. and, and something having to do with screens where you're getting through social media and things like that, that instant feedback. That's, that's something I really want to help the kids avoid.
1: Yeah. Didn't you do recently, you did a, a beam with the twins while you were like reading a story?
0: Yeah, and you hear uh, it was the, Periscope. Oh, Periscope. Sorry. I yeah. get
1: them all confused. Um, But you could hear them in the background like, where are all the hearts? <laughs> <laughs> it's a great yeah. lesson for three-year-olds right there.
0: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like you heard them people give them hearts. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's terrible.
1: Uh, yep.
0: So as I said in the beginning, this can be – some rough water. Uh, it's, it's definitely a conversation though that's worth having and focusing around your values, not just around some rule or ideal that you want to put out there, but really around your values as it relates to being a consumer or a creator. People who are consumers by habit tend to lead less fulfilling lives because it's the stuff. Mm -hmm. It's, it's the stuff that they have in their lives that adds value. People who are creators tend to lead lives that are more fulfilling because it's what they're sharing yeah. that adds value to their own life, to their own experience. And when you share something, it's not just a one-time thing, but that's, that's out there now. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's, that's the value that I want my kids to have when it comes to screen, when it, when it comes to approaching that conversation. When they're old enough and they're ready, and and even right now, you know, our eight-year-old, he's old enough to start learning how to use this technology mm-hmm. to get what is inside his heart and his head out into the world,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that's really the what it should be about.
1: Now, also talking about the consumer nature of certain things, um, I would also say that. I guess maybe because I'm a writer, everything that I, quote unquote, consume, like books or movies, I feel like all of that is also informing my art. And so it's really important for me to be very careful about the things that I consume.
0: Right. I think what happens, though, is when our focus is on creation, the things that we consume tend to be things that add value to what we're creating. Yeah. hmm Instead of just mindlessly. And so
1: if there's a way to figure out what our children are interested in, like our eight year old wants to be basically he wants to be George Lucas. Right. And so if we can. What is it? What is the term that Sean says? Curate. Right. If we can curate the things that he is consuming. Then that can push him in the right direction for the creative nature of work that he wants to do
0: yeah that's why he's downstairs right now watching a how to train your dragon tv series
1: <laughs> fantasy you know star wars how to train your dragon <laughs>
0: yeah let's justify it it's <laughs> <That's> awesome <laughs> and obviously this is something that i bring up often but if we want our kids to approach technology and screens with those kind of values. We've got to demonstrate those as parents. Mm-hmm. And one of, the, one of the questions I got in the chat, this was a really good one. So one of the questions we got was from Adam Heyman. Mm-hmm. And I, I totally relate to this question. He says, being that my job is entirely on a computer, I could see a child wondering why I don't get a limit on my own screen time. Hmm. How would you explain that to them in a way that will make sense? So I, I guess the way I would answer this question is show them what that screen time, uh, show them what that screen time is producing. Mm-hmm. And and the second part to that question, isn't as fun, but you know more than as, as the adult, as the parent, as the expert on their development, who they are, what their tendencies are, you you know better for them how much time they sh- screen time they should have than they do. And so you, it, it, it's got to be one of those things where it's like, yeah, I know. I spend a lot of time with screens. That's because daddy's an adult. I don't, I don't know. to we, yeah. do, we should do an episode about that answer. It's because I'm a grown up. Yeah. I f- because it's valid. It's, it is a true answer most of the time, but it's not very satisfying for kids hmm so I, w- I would say lean more heavily on just showing them hey when I when I spend time on the computer this is what I do this is what I make and 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 make that connection for them that's a great way to demonstrate the power of using those tools for creation versus consuming
1: yeah I agree and some some jobs are or I guess some creative pursuits are easier to show than others it's hard for me to be like hey, look at this big computer screen and see all the words I wrote. (laughs) But for you, you can show them a picture, you know?
0: That's true. But you could take a story that you've written and you could kind of condense it or modify it a little bit. Or you could say, well, today I wrote a story about such and such and just give them a little peek into it. I
1: mean, I have read them some of the picture books that I'm working on. So, yeah.
0: So really the, the bottom line is it's, not about the screen it's about the value through which you use screens Mm -hmm. that's that that is really going to make the difference i i don't i don't think anybody wants their child to grow up to be a couch potato you know somebody who sits you know sits down on their couch watches tv all day flipping the channel in their remote eating a bag of doritos Mm -hmm. that's not that's not the vision that I have for my child's future. Yeah. Maybe maybe that is your vision for your child. No, I'm just kidding. Um, that picture isn't to scare anybody into, oh, we need to. But it it really is like the, the things that you want your child to contribute, the beauty and the imagination they have inside of them. Screens and, and technology can be a tool that helps them to express that voice, to express that creativity, to express that imagination. And that's, that's the way I want to think about this conversation Mm -hmm. while keeping in mind those practical things that we've learned through study and research.
1: Yeah. I think one other thing is that we, we also try to work really fiercely to protect the family time from screens And not, not necessarily the screen of a television because we have like a weekly family movie night, but screens of phones and iPads and people calling or people texting or those kinds of things. So, you know, we set a time limit on our day and say, okay, after this time right now, we put away our phones. Yeah. And I feel like that's been a good, we don't always succeed at that, obviously, because there are emergencies and things like that, but. Um, but I think it's, it's been helpful for our marriage and it's been helpful for our family.
0: Yeah, definitely. So I have a, a few questions, a few more questions from the chat that I'd like to bring into the show. This one was, well, I'm going to bring in this as more of a comment, uh, from Scott. He, he asked how much screen time should you allow before telling your children it's time to do something else? And I feel like we kind of answered that question, but this was a fun thing that he said, he he said, during the summer, my mom would give my brother and me tickets, and we could spend the tickets on 30 minutes of screen time. I think we were given two hours a day, if I remember correctly. That's fun. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, summertime is a little hard. Um, I think when we started the summer, we had sort of a, I guess, if you want to use technology time, here are some things you need to do first. Yeah. So, because... Because the temptation there is because kids aren't in school, you know, they're just going to sit around and watch shows all day or play on the computer all day or whatever. Well, and our kids are really young, so they don't they don't even have the option to do that unless mom and dad say yes. But
0: yeah, it's, it is difficult though, because the, uh, the more they're not captivated, you know, captured by some attention grabbing thing, the more. I mean, when, when our kids go to town on the arts and crafts stuff, it becomes a mess. And then, you know, about 45 minutes into it, you're like, okay, it's time to clean up this mess. And they look around and they're just, it's, it's it's amazing every time it's, they're so surprised. (laughs) You want me, you want me to clean this up? Do you, do you realize how long it's going to take for me to clean this up? I can't believe you're asking me to clean this up. That would be the hardest thing in the world. Why would I, you know, and they don't actually say that. They're not that articulate. Yeah. They just kind of melt down a little bit. All right. Another question. This one is from Adam. He said, should screen time be limited if what they're doing is productive, like playing educational or creative games or making art, etc." I would say that if, you, if you're going to put limits on screen time, maybe make that distinction between consuming and creating. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're going to put an overall limit and say no more than two hours a day, you could say, okay, so 30 minutes of that two hours can be you just enjoying a show that you really like. And an hour and a half of that time could be time that you can use to make things you could make it half and half or however you want to divide it. But I would, I would say let there be an overall time limit. And and that way you don't relegate all of their creative time just to the technology Mm
1: -hmm. because some
0: of the creativity has to happen in more tangible ways.
1: Yeah. And I, I tend to take a conservative side on this and just say, even if they are creating on a screen, I feel like it needs to be limited at a certain point because you know, I like to send the boys outside so they can run off some energy, Um, because there there's also research that indicates that screens can um, stimulate the brain and make kids a little more. How would you say? Not hyper, but energetic. (laughs) Yeah. And I think we've seen that you know nights that we've watched a movie together or something, it takes them twice as long to fall asleep at night because there's something about the screens and you know the bright lights and. We see all of this research about don't don't look at screens before you go to bed. All of that. Now and so, the
0: the hard thing about this is that the more exposure they have to screens, the they be, they kind of become numb to it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so we had we had some good friends who had screens on in every room of the house all the time, and it was almost like just white noise for their kids. They almost didn't notice it. Oh
1: gosh, yeah. And so.
0: So they got, they got to a point where it didn't really make a difference, but it's kind of like junk food too. Like your body can get used to eating junk food. And then if you're eating healthy food a lot and then you eat junk food, your body can just go nuts and and freak out over that. Um, TV can be this, the same way Mm -hmm. when you, when you don't do it a lot. And then, you know, there've been, there've been a couple of days when it's like, okay, we need to clean this house it's going to take both of us. We need to put something on for the kids and they end up watching like five hours of (laughs) it's terrible.
1: That is awful.
0: But, but you know, we notice a difference. Um, But it's not, it's not just that, but it's the sustained use of it that can become more harmful Mm -hmm. and, and set them on a path that we don't really want for them.
1: Well, and I think when I think about limitations also, like the, putting time limitations on screen time. I think about us as workers, you know, I mean, we have a set number of hours each day that we get our work done. Yeah. And if all we're doing is sitting in front of a screen, if we never take breaks, coffee breaks, or, you know, go outside for 15 minutes to drink our tea or whatever, which is what I would do, then we're basically, we're not, creating as well as we might
0: well and and there are some health implications there too yeah. that's that's another thing You can go do some of your own research because doctors recommend every i some period of time i can't remember if it's like every 45 minutes or every hour mm-hmm. that you actually get up get and up leave and your, your, yeah
1: i'm super bad about that because you know i set my timer for an hour and a half and just bang away at the keyboard yeah, and then you,
0: you get in the zone
1: <laughs> i do i won't move for like like Four you, hours.
0: <laughs> you you wouldn't even come downstairs to get water.
1: I know. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. A couple more questions. This is another one from Adam. He says, do you have any tips on family screen time? Being in front of a screen can be an inherently solo activity. What ways can the family be brought together by a screen rather than be isolated by it? And this is really, uh, this, is, this is something that I'd really like to be better about personally because I have a tendency to... Like I'll watch shows on my own on Netflix mm-hmm. just because I'm interested in them and stuff. But, but I do that while I'm in bed with you and you're reading a book. And so even though I'm with you, I'm kind of doing that alone. The shared experience of consuming something uh, like you were talking about earlier, the judge. Yeah, It's nice that we have that experience together that, that we can talk about. Um, You got certain things out of it. I got certain things out of it. So
1: I think we talked about that movie for like several weeks.
0: Yeah. So I, I would say to answer this question, just be intentional about scheduling and setting aside time. If that's something that you're going to do, um, what have a family movie night or something like that, make it, make it a special thing, you know, add some meaning to that and maybe, add some stuff on the tail end of that where you spend some time talking about it or you Mm -hmm. bring some up of some lesson that you learned from it. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to be too cheesy with that either. Like,
1: or all like pile on the same couch where you're actually like touching each other, you know, you got your arms around each other or whatever.
0: We, we have some, and there's some ritual that's kind of built into our family movie nights. I always make homemade popcorn. And so there's the experience of, the smell of popcorn (laughs) in the air as the, as the popcorn is cooking. And then
1: the boys are all excited. Yeah. I bring
0: it over and everybody fights over which cup they get.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's good stuff.
0: And the last question we have is from Sharla and she says, what apps do you find help their creativity right now? My favorite is ToonTastic. It's taught my kids how to tell stories with an actual story arc. Now, I bring in this question and I have to confess that I actually don't have any apps on my phone or on my iPad that I've allowed our children to use yet. We haven't, we haven't even really had those conversations, but I love, I love the direction that this question is going because it, it, it's almost like she's assuming, oh, if I'm going to give my kid an iPad or a screen, it's, you know, it's so that they can learn something that, becomes useful in their ability to create Mm -hmm. and so so though i don't have an answer for that question i am going to check out toontastic and i encourage you to think about the technology that you have that your kids have access to to think about it that way how can it be used as something that helps them to be better creators Mm
1: -hmm.
0: so that's all i got
1: all right i don't think i have anything more to add
0: well, Rachel, where can people go to find us online?
1: In the com.
0: That's right. We've got show notes there for all of our shows. You can also sign up for our newsletter and anytime we release an episode, we will send an email to your inbox with a link to the show, but also a list of some of the takeaways if you just want to scan those real quick. And we're also going to use that as a way to communicate other things that are going on with In the Boat with Ben in the future. Mm -hmm. So definitely go there. If you want to find Rachel, she is at racheltolson.com. You can also follow her on Twitter at Rachel Tolson. And you can follow me on Twitter at Ben Tolson. Now, Rachel, if they want to help out the show, what's a good way to do that?
1: They can go to iTunes and leave a, a review.
0: That's right. In the boat with Ben.com slash iTunes. Go leave us a positive review. That really helps the show. Another way, this is my favorite way is you can go to com slash community. And I just, I got to say, I'm, I'm surprised. And at the same time, I'm not surprised when I bring up the subject in the chat room,
1: mm-hmm.
0: the, the mentality of the people who are asking these questions, it's, it's like, if I were to go on just some you know, random social media outlet and ask the same question, I would, I would get these extremes and people giving ridiculous answers and you know, the haters. And this place is just encouraging and people are, they, they know what they believe. They know what their values are, but they're also open-minded and they love the conversation. And this is just an amazing place to be. You owe it to yourself to go to Seanwest.com slash community and see what it's all about. And it also helps make this show possible. So thank you so much for listening. Yes, thank you. And we will talk to you next week. Oh, I didn't tell my story. I'll do it in the after show. I gotta say, we didn't even get into pro- some of the programmed television, even even online TV. When you go to YouTube and watch different videos and stuff, the the advertisements. Yeah. Ah oh man, there's just there's so much ads. There's so much more to that conversation. Yeah, we'll have to bring in sometimes. So to the story.
1: Hmm.
0: I uh, when I was about eighteen or nineteen. Somewhere around there, I had a, a PlayStation, and I played a game called Gran Turismo. It's a racing game. I played this game a lot, and it was really one of the first racing games that I had ever played that had kind of some realistic, uh, what do you call it, the, the physics of the game were pretty realistic, like the way the car would break and the way the car accelerated <laughs> and the way the car would spin out if you turned the wrong, you know, th- those kinds of things. And so I, I got to where I could get really fine-tuned with these movements and make the car do what I wanted it to do. And that's you know what, what game makers are going for, is kind of that realistic experience, making the tools as fine-tuned as possible so that you can gain that kind of control over your, your uh, you know, avatar, whatever it is, whether it's a car or a person, whatever. So Gran Turismo. I played this game so much, um, I would even dream about it. <laughs> so one day, this was, a, was it before we were married?
1: Yes. Yes. Let, okay. me, let me just say some, something real quick. I used to get so annoyed that you would play video games. I hated video games. Like they're, I feel like they're the worst time waster ever. Or I, I used to feel like they were the worst time waster ever.
0: Yeah. You got to be careful with that because because I
1: know there are video gamer creators and and really like the st- no not just oh. not just
0: the creators but the, but there are people who who make, love make a living yeah. playing video games and
1: I I think I mean that was back when I was what were we nineteen
0: <laughs> yeah something like that
1: and you know I I come to appreciate video games I think the stories behind them are pretty incredible yeah
0: everything.
1: the world building is just amazing so go ahead yeah it really on forth on, on with the story right
0: <laughs> but, but yeah it really is an art to be admired mm-hmm. certainly so so we had um i was in a band at the time not the one that i was in with sean this was this was prior to
1: yeah
0: my band days with sean and i was in a band and it was new year's eve
1: it's like a lincoln park band
0: yeah, we, we had like a turntable and we had a guy who did some rap stuff and we played. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. I might have to share a link. Yeah, it
1: was actually a really good.
0: I might have to share a link thing. to some of that stuff with the, uh, the people in the community. Yeah. In the chat room sometimes. So anyways, we had back-to-back shows. One in Lockhart, which is a small town kind of south of Austin, and then another one in San Antonio. And we had just finished the one in Lockhart and we were driving... And taking kind of some back roads because there wasn't really a good highway uh, access until you got to 35, which is the main road that goes down to San Antonio. So we're driving down these back roads and we're driving along and there's a there's a T in the road. We're on the top part of the T, if you will. And so the, there's a road in front of us that we're about to pass that ends at the road that we're on, if you can get the picture. So as we're coming up on it, I see a car. He doesn't have his lights on and he drives straight through the stop sign and then slams on his brake and stops right in front of us. Mm -hmm. And this is maybe like 50 yards in front of us at this point. We're driving 60 miles per Mm -hmm. hour.
1: In a little Honda Civic.
0: Yeah. And instead of like freaking out, I went into video game mode. Mm Mm-hmm. My, just all of my senses like, you know, it's kind of that like adrenaline rush thing. <laughs> my hands tightened on the wheel. Um, I reached down instinctively and I grabbed the shifter and I might, you know, my feet were doing, it was a five speed Yeah, uh-huh. driving a, a manual. And so, so, <clears throat> and it, and you can argue that, well, it's not the same as having a video game control in your hand, but I understood because of that game, I understood the physics of the car under those circumstances. Mm-hmm. And so I downshifted, I turned the wheel, I put on the brake, I skidded to the right, I drifted a little bit, I went around the guy, I zipped around, and then there was also some construction going on on that road and there were cones. And so I, I swerved between a couple of cones and then I drifted off into the gravel, which which was beside the road, and I pulled up the emergency brake and the car skidded to a stop about three yards away from a ditch Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and stop the car.
1: Yep. And I mean, it was a really deep ditch too. Like if we had careened off of that, I think it would have been bad. It would have hurt. Yeah. Well, it probably would have more than hurt. (laughs) So it was, it was quite amazing.
0: So studies have shown that video game players actually have better reaction times than non video game players.
1: Yeah. Well, just food for thought. I'm, I'm not a video game player, and you know what I did that night? I closed my eyes and screamed.
0: Because <laughs> that's going to help.
1: <laughs> it makes everything better. Yeah, it was, it, that was a scary, scary thing. But what what happened to that car?
0: Well, he drove off, and your no, brother... no, no,
1: no, no, no. What happened to that amazing car that you steered off the side of the road?
0: <laughs> oh.
1: Where were your video?
0: Well one, well, one time
1: reactions there.
0: One time I was driving and, and I was I didn't know where my exit was and I was trying to pay attention to the signs and the sun was in my eyes and I <laughs> rear-ended another car.
1: Totaled the car. Totaled it. My first car that I'd ever bought myself.
0: Wah wah. <laughs>